Welcome to the Basana Health and Wellness Podcast. At Basana Health, we focus on whole body wellness, connecting physical, spiritual, and mental well-being. We are wellness collaborators with our members, and we embrace our community partnerships. Basana Health promotes holistic and functional care while focusing on transformative lifestyle changes. Welcome to our podcast, where you can take a virtual step towards optimizing your own health and wellness. Hello, welcome to Basana Institute. Today's webinar, I want to focus on bringing you a little information so that you can understand a little bit more about our toxic world and what might be messing with your hormones. Today, I'm going to talk about endocrine disruptor chemicals. I am Susan Eichhorst, and I'm a PA here at Basana Health and Wellness. I've been specializing in hormone balancing using supplementation and replacement of hormones along with medical wellness for nearly eight years. And regularly I hear my hormones are off or my doses might not be right. My pellets didn't work the last time we, we placed them. We already know a lot about stress in our world, whether that's physical or mental. We still have the same responses and it frequently can downregulate how your hormones are balanced or are regulated. Our standard American diet specifically is really playing havoc with our hormone balancing. And it is definitely time to address that and do our best to get away from most of the processed foods and toxins that are in our food system. Lack of exercise or just basic movement can really affect how your hormones function. But what if you are active? What if you are eating well and, and really watching your stress and managing that well? This is where endocrine disrupting chemicals may be at play. EDCs are natural or man-made substances that interfere with estrogen, androgen, which is testosterone, and the thyroid hormone functions. They're found in nearly all or many, many, I should say, everyday products and are getting much harder to avoid as time goes on because they are so pervasive in our world. They can cause lifelong disruption of hormone function, and this can lead to chronic disease. We live in a toxic world, and we really need to start addressing that and being more cautious about what we interface with. Some things to consider that have changed over the years, we are now seeing much earlier or delayed puberty and menses. Girls as young as eight are starting to menstruate, and we do know that some of those, those young girls can be fertile as well, unfortunately. Infertility rates are up for men and women. There's been a worldwide reduction in male levels of testosterone, the sperm quality and sperm count as well, also leading to infertility rates. A lot more estrogen dominant type symptoms out there. These are when women feel more bloated, they feel more breast pain, tenderness, feel like they're premenstrual, but they're not. And some of this can be an interplay from endocrine disrupting chemicals. We're seeing an increase in dysfunction of the thyroid gland, increased obesity rates, and interestingly, increased incidence of gender fluidity. And there is some concern that these endocrine disrupting chemicals may be playing a part in that as well. So this toxic world we live in, oh my gosh, we're kind of swimming around in microplastics. They're now found in our fish supply. We find herbicides and pesticides pretty much sprayed indiscriminately, whether that's in the home setting or an industrial setting. The, we are finding pharmaceuticals in our drinking water, as well as our fresh fish. It was a recent study, a small study off the coast of Florida, and this group of researchers had literally 
fished and checks these fish out for pharmaceuticals. And in some of the fish, upwards around seven different pharmaceutical compounds were found in fresh fish that we are eating. We've got forever chemicals like PFAS, PFOs, these are our Teflon nonstick kind of chemicals. And we're now seeing that this is found in more than 94% of the United States population. Just can't get away from this. Many, many of these compounds are endocrine disruptors and can play havoc with your health long-term. So endocrine system and hormones. Let's just do a really quick review. Hormones are involved in all body functions and are critical for our well-being, our health, our longevity, and just how our body functions. They are most abundant in our youth and used for growth and repair. But as we are learning more about hormone balancing through the ages, there's no reason not to have optimized hormones throughout your lifetime because now we live a lot longer and we are a lot more aware that a quality of life is much more important than the quantity of life. Hormones are also necessary to maintain at youthful levels as we age for good health, as I just mentioned. A real simplistic way to look at how hormones work, this is just a little cartoon that shows the yellow part is the cell membrane protecting the inside of the cell. There's a receptor that protrudes out of the cell a little bit and talks with the fluid and blood that surrounds the receptor. The hormone is in that fluid, it docks or locks into the receptor, and that in turn tells the cell the message that the hormone is trying to send to the cell, and the cell responds with a specific response. This is a pretty simplistic picture of that. One of my very favorite pictures I have to show, this is just the gorgeous and beauty complexity of the cell itself. It's an electron microscope picture of a cell. What I do love about this is that it gives us a good impression of these receptors and just the interface between the outside of the cell and the inside of the cell. So these two little gold colored looking structures that are at the lower part of this picture, that is a receptor where these hormones will dock and then talk to the inside of the cell and ask it to do whatever it's programmed to do. So these endocrine disruptors, they, just like it sounds, they disrupt the hormones from doing its job. So there's a few ways that these work, and we are continuing to learn more and more modalities of how these chemicals are interfering with our health. But the basic ones are that they tend to mimic hormones that are naturally occurring. And then that tricks the body to respond as the hormone might, but it's, it's acting on its own without the hormone. EDCs can also block the receptor. So they, they bind to the receptor, blocking it from the natural hormone using that receptor. So the cell then reacts to the endocrine disrupting chemical versus the natural hormone. They can interfere with the production or the regulation of hormones, and they can modify the body's sensitivity to the hormones. There's nearly 8,000 man-made chemicals recorded so far. This probably is not the end of it. I would venture to say most of those are things we want to avoid on a regular basis. Fortunately, the Environmental Working Group, or EWG, does a great job of kind of clarifying what is called the dirty dozen. They've been doing this for foods for years with respect to pesticide load, and we'll change that yearly based on what the farming industry is doing. But they also put out a list of the 12 dirty dozen chemicals, BPA, dioxin, atrazine, PFCs, which are the, are the forever chemicals, phthalates, perchlorate, lead, arsenic, mercury, flame retardant, 
organophosphate pesticides, and then glycol ethers. And this is just a diagram of some of the places where we see these. I'll go into these in a little more detail to give you a better background on them as well. So the mimicking endocrine disrupting chemicals, as I said, mimic another hormone. The most common one is BPA or bisphenol A. This is the most common mimicking EDC. It's ubiquitous. It's everywhere. It's made to use plastic toys and plastic packaging. We find it in clothing, especially athletic type wear. Medical equipment has BPA in it. Kitchenware has BPA in it. Fortunately, it's been banned in the United States to be used in baby bottles, but it's still found in other water bottles frequently. Many canned foods still have BPA as the lining to protect the food from oxidizing against the metal. And many people are not aware the thermal register tape, the receipt you get at the grocery store may actually have BPA in it. I checked with my local natural grocers and did learn that they're Register tape is actually laser printed, so it does not have BPA in them. But most traditional or regular register tape, you really don't want to be handling that. And if one of your kids is working the register, make sure they're frequently washing their hands, not putting that in their mouth. But do know that we absorb a lot through our skin, so we really just want to avoid them. So what BPA does is it mimics estrogen and then the body is using this as its own, like an estrogen, kind of fooled the body into thinking it's getting more estrogen type hormone, which then can throw off menses, can cause infertility, early puberty, breast cancer, prostate cancer, polycystic ovarian syndrome, heart disease, things that are frequently associated with an imbalance of estrogen and two other hormones, specifically progesterone. One thing that I think it's important to kind of note here is we blame natural hormones and bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and estradiol, 17 beta estradiol specifically for breast cancer. That is a very common misconception out there. And it you cannot help but wonder is more of this breast cancer in a lot of these problems really from these endocrine disrupting drugs that are mimicking but are not the same hormone. A blocking hormone, as I mentioned, it will bind to the receptor and now the receptor's filled. So the natural hormone is unable to dock or bind to that receptor and, and give its message to the cell. So this is disrupting the normal natural signaling and the response of the cell itself. These are not listed in the 12 dirty dozen, but very important to understand from a thyroid perspective. Fluoride in our water, chlorine in our water, and bromine that is found in most traditional baking goods, they all compete or bind with the thyroid receptor. So my patients all hear me talk about receptors all the time because we can't measure them. And that's why sometimes levels of hormones need to be higher than is normal to elicit the responses that we're looking for. But if I'm drinking tap water and it has a high chlorine rate or a high fluoride rate, or I eat a lot of baked goods, which I'm really helping my patients understand these are not healthy foods, they may taste good, but not worth it, then your thyroid is really being downregulated by these compounds. And I really encourage people, and I'll go into ways to avoid all this later, but encourage people to filter your water, get rid of these chemicals. We really don't need them. Interfering endocrine disrupting chemicals affect how the hormones are actually made, 
how they're controlled within the body, how the body breaks them down or degrades them, and how they're stored in our bodies. So probably one of the major offenders is atrazine. Atrazine is a very popular pesticide. We can use it in a home setting. It's also used in industrial settings. It's been found in our drinking water, but it increases the conversion of testosterone to estrogen. So it's disrupting the regulation of this hormone. Testosterone is supposed to convert to estrogen. It's a natural physiological phase and, and it can be very helpful and healthful. However, not when it's coming from an outside source that's actually a chemical. So that's where some of this is splitting hairs to some people while still raising estrogen. If I give somebody testosterone, I may raise their estrogen. Yes, but I'm not disrupting the natural flow of that. So in one study that was pretty interesting, they used male frogs and they were exposed to levels of atrazine that were lower than is recommended by the EPA for humans. But imagine these are frogs that are living out in our waterways. Some of these frogs feminized, became female, and even developed fertile eggs. So that's where some of the question comes in. Could some of these endocrine disrupting chemicals actually be contributing to some gender fluidity out there? Because we're offsetting hormones that kind of establish male versus female something to think about and another reason to keep getting these out of our diet. Modifying endocrine disrupting chemicals, again, modify the body's sensitivity to the hormones. Regrettably, I don't have a good example for this, but they do bind to the receptor and then they alter how the body responds to that chemical, either creating a more powerful or less powerful result or a totally different result at all. So the dirty dozen, We've covered a couple that's being BPA and atrazine. Dioxin is actually kind of a group of chemicals that are byproducts from other industrial processes. So, you know, perhaps making of some other plastic, we end up with dioxin. This is everywhere. Dioxin, because we have such an industrial society and we are constantly putting new chemicals in the world, making new things. We're going to have some byproducts and, and endpoints from that. So, but the problem with this is they are persistent and they are highly toxic. They're very worldwide contamination from the food, of the food chain of these chemicals. There's really no truly safe level. They interfere with hormonal activity. They're primarily found in highest levels in commercially raised animal products beef, pork, lamb, and some of the cheeses. We don't find those same levels in restoratively raised, 100% grass-fed beef, pork, or pastured poultry, probably just because of how the industrial process is with these high commercial farming complexes. So another reason to always eat clean. PFCs are perfluorinated chemicals. These are PFAS, PFAS. The problem with these is they're forever chemicals. They really take years to break down in their bodies. And they, again, are ubiquitous. We find them everywhere. They're in our waterways. They bind to protein instead of fat. Fat, you can break down easily. You may detox, but you can get rid of something that's stored in fat. When it binds to proteins, proteins then become our musculature and they get more easily stored in the liver and the kidney. That's a lot harder to then dispose of and detox from. 
PFAS are linked to reduced fertility again, low sperm count, irregular menses, low birth rate, ADHD, cancer, thyroid issues, nothing good from these things. This is what's in our nonstick cookware and Teflon. We really have to compromise here, you know, and make things easier to clean up, but is this really worth it? As I said, it's found in drinking water, and I was particularly devastated, but glad I learned that it's even found in very high levels in my old favorite natural effervescent mineral water, which is Topo Chico, has the highest level of forever chemicals of any of the mineral waters. So these are the places where I never would have thought of that and abruptly stopped drinking Topo Chico and literally threw out my four bottles that were left over and went out and bought a soda stream. So I now fizz up my own water and that's filtered water. I add whatever kind of flavors I want to that, lime, lemon. Um, there's a lot of things you can do and just make your own soda. It is estimated that 99 to 100% of the U.S. population have these forever chemicals in their bodies. They're just there. In one Baltimore study, 100% of the umbilical cord blood that was tested was positive for PFAS. We really have to start figuring out a way to get past these and get away from them. And one of them is just get rid of that Teflon pan. Next one that I want to bring up is phthalates. The pH is, is silent. So this is phthalates. Phthalates are plasticizers. They are used to soften up plastics, make them more malleable, form different shapes. They make it harder to also break this. So they're good for products that if you drop a laundry detergent jug, it's probably not going to break. Phthalates are found in cosmetics. They're found in fragrances, and pretty much a lot of things that are plastic. So shower curtains, things that are pliable vinyl flooring, many cleaning products and detergents. They can also be present in some clothing. They are related to male infertility because they do decrease sperm counts. When there's in utero exposure to a fetus, we may see undescended testicles and genital urinary tract malformations. Next category is heavy metals. Heavy metals, not the kind of music, the kind that you don't want in your body. Lead, arsenic, and mercury. So let's start with lead. Lead is a neurotoxin. It tends to accumulate in the brain, liver, kidney, bones. It's really harmful to children because of the activity that they have and they're growing and their, their nervous system is very different than adults. Lead is found in old pipes, in paint, in varnish. I just heard a story recently. I have two friends that are once retired now, but part of the park system. And they had to literally close down the visitor center in a national park in New Mexico and relocate at least one, if not two of the park rangers out of their cabins because the varnish was so heavily laden with lead and there was a little kid living in the house. So we really have to be careful that we didn't know a lot of this stuff 50, 60, 70 years ago. And now we're starting to recognize we really need to be cognizant of lead in our, in our environment. If you have a much older house, please have it assessed for lead in the, in the paint and get your water tested. And then it was brought to my attention very recently. It'd be a good idea to check your lead levels if you like to partake in shooting sports. Every time that that munition goes off, there's a little spray of lead. It can be on your fingers from handling the ammunition, loading up the, the weapon, firearm. So those are really important things to know as well, that you can get lead exposure when you really don't think that that's something that you'd be thinking about. 
The next is arsenic. So arsenic's a little bit different. There is organic and inorganic forms. We as humans can actually excrete organic forms of arsenic that are found in some fish and algae, but we tend to accumulate inorganic arsenic. And that form of arsenic will actually deactivate up to about 200 different enzymes that are utilized in the body for other body functions. Many of these enzymes are involved in DNA replication. So arsenic will continue to compromise the DNA replication when it's present. Arsenic can enter the food chain through our herbicides and pesticides, through our soil and water. And this can actually be seen in rice patties. Rice, I understand, has a a small amount of natural arsenic in it, which may not be a problem. But then when it's sitting in these rice patties and the water is becoming more concentrated, that gets absorbed into the rice and then dried. So it's highly recommended to not go overboard on rice as your primary starch, but make sure that you're rinsing your your rice very, very, very well until you cook it three, four, five rinses, make sure it's really running clear. That's very important. Arsenic can cause diarrhea and vomiting, nerve damage, heart disease, liver damage, confusion, memory loss, and eventually death. Mercury. Mercury is pretty common of a heavy metal toxicity because of the amount of it that we find in our fish. So as it says here, one report showed nearly an 84% of fish that was sampled from around the world had levels that exceeded the US EPA guidelines. So you really need to think twice if you're going to be a pescatarian. It's not the ideal thing anymore. Farmed fish is not a better option necessarily because it also will have pesticides, herbicides, more fungi, not a healthier fish if it's farmed, but fish eat fish. And they that's where some of this cumulative effect can also happen. You have to really also rethink your mercury fillings. If you have a mouthful of mercury fillings, it really may be time to start to consider having some of those changed out to composite or even a crown. I know that's a lot of an expense, but for some people, they can be very highly sensitive to mercury poisoning and just removing those mercury fillings may make a big difference. You know, it's curious when you think about a mercury filling and I kind of started my medical career in dentistry. So mixed up a lot of them back then we literally took a little vial and dropped in three or four drops of mercury and closed the vial and mixed up. Oh, you put it together in a little container and then it went into a, a machine that mixed it up really fast. And then we just took it out and I wasn't wearing a mask. We weren't wearing gloves. This was 1978, 75, 76, something like that. But interestingly, now when all that happens, mercury is a biohazard. It's it's marked, it's protected. And after the filling goes in, it goes in a waste disposal, but now it's in my mouth. So we really kind of have to start to think, is this the best way to fill a filling? And maybe there's something better. Mercury is toxic to our nervous system as well as the digestive and the immune system. So it's kind of a triple whammy there. It'll disrupt menstrual cycles, result in memory loss, depression, fatigue, can cause behavioral changes and thyroid dysfunction. Not healthy for us. Oh, good flame retardant. So boy, this is a tough one. You know, back in the 60s and 70s, flame retardants became a really worrisome problem. I should say children 
with fire became a problem because of polyester and some of the, I think it's rayon. There's some forms of clothing that were more worrisome than others. Add to this, curiously, more people smoked. There were more options. So there were lighters or more matches around, potentially lighter fluid lighters, a cigarette laying around. So there honestly were a few more reasons to be more worried about children's clothing. So flame retardants are chemicals that are added to mattresses, furniture, carpets, but also most children's PJs to provide safety. Many of these are no longer produced, but they're so persistent in the environment that that old couch in your basement may still have fire retardants in them that are off-gassing and coming into your house. They stick around for years, and regrettably, they accumulate in our body. They cause thyroid dysfunction, can promote cancers. They are toxic to our reproductive system again, resulting in low birth rates, early onset puberty, behavioral changes for some people. They're really difficult to avoid. Do your best if you have children at home to find clothing that does not have a flame retardant on it. It's not easy to do that, but they are out there. They will have warning labels on them that they are not as safe, but do a good job of protecting your family from the fire. Your children's pajamas are not going to protect them from a house fire. These are all really designed for a cigarette that falls on somebody or brushing up against a stove and not wanting clothes to go on fire, not to protect from a major house fire. Use a HEPA filter. That's a great thing to get into your house anyway, and really get some of the allergens out, the spores, but also some of these chemicals that are circulating around in our heating systems. Practice good hand washing. Just get rid of these chemicals off your hands before they go into your mouth, into your nose, into your eyes, or just seep through your skin. Keep reading labels. I know it's a pain in the butt, but keep reading labels to find out what are you exposing yourself and your family to. You really want to avoid polyurethane foam because that's going to have one of the highest amounts of flame retardants in it for protection. Organophosphate pesticides. These pesticides are specifically made to attack the nervous system of the insect. That's how it kills the insect. Unfortunately, it's also highly toxic to humans as well. There is regulation against high levels of these organophosphate pesticides, but we now understand that chronic low levels can really just lead to as many serious side effects and health issues as high levels. The problem sometimes with lower levels is they're safe in low levels, but what if I'm exposed to them regularly? And that's where I think a lot of our regulatory items really don't address those. With these organophosphate pesticides, we have an increased risk of ADHD, vomiting and, and diarrhea, eye pain and irritation, birth defects, childhood tumors, and again, delayed puberty. So endocrine disruptors, they're kind of everywhere. They are disrupting the natural response to our own hormones. They affect the normal functions of our tissues and our organ, organs that these hormones are intended to influence. So yes, they are messing with your hormones. This is even the case for those people that I do supplement for. But if what you're doing on your side is making your body less receptive to the hormones that you're taking or your own natural hormones, they're just not going to work. Other hidden dangers that I like to bring up, they're not exactly hormone disruptors, but it just keeps coming up everywhere as hair issues. It's pervasive right now. I don't know if a little bit of it is aging, but 
because of the stress in our world, because of micronutrient deficiencies, there are so many numerous things that can contribute to hair loss. One of the things that I forget about, I don't use a product like this, but please look at your shampoo. If it has something called sodium laureth sulfate in it, S-L-E-S, this is used in many cleaning products and specifically shampoo as a foaming agent. So it makes it nice and foamy. Well, that's great, except that it's been found to be associated with hair loss because it disrupts the growing cycle, but also helps kill the hair follicle. This is not helpful if we're trying to offset this. So please keep looking at what you're putting on, in, and around your body. The other big one I always like to bring up, and this is just a personal bugaboo, is seed oils. They are not 100% out of my diet yet. I still do sneak in some baked lays or something of that sort. It's really not worth it. I'm embarrassed that I still do that, but I am human. Seed oils really are an unhealthy fat. They are not great for human consumption. They're highly refined. They use many horrible chemicals to extract from these seeds. We erroneously call them vegetable oils, but they're really not. They become and get incorporated into our cell membranes and our cell membrane holds our cell together. And it's kind of the gatekeeper to allow some things in and out of the cell. And it's also where your, your receptors live, where these hormones fit. So we really want to make that cell as healthy as we can. So keep trying to work towards just getting rid of seed oils. That improves health by, I would easily say 75%. I've heard people say up to 90%. I think there's a few other things that contribute there too. So, but do please keep getting rid of those. As I mentioned earlier, we want to get rid of fluoride and chlorine. They do compete for thyroid receptors. The microplastics are a huge problem. Glyphosate that's in Roundup, that is a known carcinogen. And then be careful of added hormones in our commercially raised meat and dairy. How do we avoid them? That's probably the bigger thing here is how do we not get too, too much exposure? Please, if your financial situation allows it, please keep eating organic. At least go to the dirty dozen and make sure those 12 foods that are kind of stated each year as the dirty dozen, that those are organic in your house. Those are usually the highest or the, the vegetables and, and fruits with the highest amounts of pesticides or herbicides that have been sprayed on them. Grow your own if you can get into some microgreens, huge benefit to our health. And you can grow them in your kitchen and a little herb garden can make a bit a nice difference because then you know what you're growing, you know what you're eating, you know how fresh it is and you're getting better nutrition. Please try to invest in the best quality protein that you can. You know, that's our major building block and hundred percent grass-fed, grass-finished beef and, and pork, as well as pasture-raised chicken can make a huge offset in how your hormones work and improve your health. And obviously you're avoiding a lot of these, these chemicals because these animals are grown without them. Ditch the Teflon, get a good ceramic cookware, cast iron, stainless steel. Those will all work very well. If you do cook in a cast iron, you do have to sometimes be careful of too much iron. So checking for iron can be helpful for people that only cook on cast iron. Ditch the plastic for storing your food. The plastic chemicals literally are leaching into your food, especially if your food is wet, but it can do it in dry food as well. And especially if you microwave it, 
microwaving, you're disrupting all these, these cells anyway. You're probably greatly reducing the nutritional value of your food, but you're also extensively heating the plastic, which then releases more of its chemicals right into your food, and then you're eating the food. So switch to glass for storage. That is a much better way. I'm still not going to really endorse microwaving because it kind of renders your food less nutritious. So really only microwave is necessary, but not a problem if you're doing that in glass. And then filter your drinking water. You know, invest in a Berkey filter. There's three or four really high quality filter systems out there. Reverse osmosis that you can get permanently installed in the house. With a reverse osmosis system, pretty confident you have to add the minerals back in. So that's one downside with that. But even something as simplistic as a GoPure, it's a little pod that has a hyper filtration system in it. And you drop that into a pitcher of water or your uh, water bottle, and it will filter out pretty much 99.9% of everything. Now, this is into tap water. It's unlike a Berkey filter. In a Berkey filter, those filtration systems are set up that you can literally put river water in them and filter it out to clean drinking water. You don't want to do that with these GoPures, but they are great for tap water, and they're good all over the world to help it taste better, get rid of some of these chemicals that make the water taste bad, and that can really help drink more water, but also be safer. And then invest in a chlorine filter for your shower. You know, our bodies absorb what we put on it. So, and your hair does. Your hair will definitely thank you if you get a chlorine filter. When I was coloring my hair with chemicals, I use something different now, but with chemicals, my hair lasted a lot longer when I got a chlorine filter and it did not change the texture like I would see happen when I didn't have it. Keep trying to watch your fish intake. I really loved sushi and I just can't do it anymore because I do know that fish is not the best quality that it could be. If you are a big pescatarian, please get tested for heavy metals because you may have eaten high amounts in the past and it may still be accumulating in your body. Eliminate aspartame. It is just not worth it. It's a probable carcinogen as the WHO finally announced, but Many of us think it's a probable carcinogen, not possible, but we do know that it affects these specific cells in a man's testicles called Leydig cells, and the Leydig cells actually make testosterone. So this is contributing to the reduction in testosterone. Aspartam, as I said, also is finally listed as a probable carcinogen. These disruptors are everywhere. Keep choosing better cleaning products and personal care products. There are a number of products out there that have really cleaned up. Branch Basics, I really like. It's 100% plant-based cleaning products that comes as a concentrate, and then you can reconstitute it to different concentrations for bathroom cleaning, general cleaning, laundry. And then I've been really pleased with those products. Personal products, look for Beauty Counter. I don't know a lot of other ones. That's what I use, but I know that more and more products are coming out there that will advertise how many of these chemicals are not in their products and that they they test for those. You can always use a detox system of an infrared sauna. I have a steam shower, not quite the same as an infrared sauna, but it does raise 
the body temperature quite a bit. And then I like to do a very cold shower. I don't get to do a plunge. I'm not in a bathtub, but that can really do great things for detox, can help with kind of kill off some old mitochondria and stimulate some new mitochondria to work better. So do try to get in the habit of a hot steamy shower followed by a cold shower. One to three minutes is really preferable, but no matter what you start with, you're going to have some benefits, but see if you can get up to about one to three minutes in the cold shower after your hot shower. There is activated charcoal that can be used. This is actually really beneficial for a lot of people and now comes in easy capsules. It removes most pesticides, fertilizers, and even mercury before they can land and get deposited in the liver and the kidneys and get distributed into the lymph system. And then there are ways to chelate or bind these heavy metals. And there's some oral formulations and IV therapies, as well as chlorella, vitamin C, and milk thistle that have all been shown as chelators as well. Just reiterating it again, please read labels for seed vegetable oils. They activate the endocannabinoid system and result in the munchies. So if nothing else, they're making you eat more. They also have a half-life of a roughly 618 days. So half of that, half of the compound is gone in almost two years. That's how long they stay in your, your cells. So let's just keep getting them out of there. And then please stay away from natural flavoring, natural fragrance, as these are more likely to have these forever chemicals, PFCs in them. So I'd just like to bring it back home that please protect your hormones and your health. You and your family are very worth it. Your health is an investment, not an expense. And it's never too late to build a new body. It takes a lot of time. It does take a lot of focus, but honestly, it's worth it. And you are worth it. We look forward to seeing you again. You guys have a great day. Thanks. The Sauna Health and Wellness Podcast is brought to you by Atagi Plastic Surgery and Atagi Skin Aesthetics. Check us out at atagimd.com. A-T-A-G-I-M-D.com. We offer plastic surgery, skin aesthetics, non-surgical treatments, and hormone therapy. Some of the many things we offer include Botox, dermal fillers, Exilis Skin Tightening, Kybella, Skin Aesthetics, All Therapy, Vanquish Fat Reduction, PRP Hair Restoration, PRP Breast Lift, and Hormone Health. Follow us on our website at atagimd.com to learn about all of our specials and events each month. Some of our specials include monthly discounts off products and services or wrinkle-free Wednesdays. Check us out at atagimd.com.